All right, welcome on back to the boys at 161st Street. This is episode 240, and this is a very special jam-packed episode. Uh, some say the episode of the year. I'm one of those people. We have a lot of fun doing this. Um, before we get into that, there's a lot of uh, little little news, a little positive news, obviously. Rizzo signing the deal. Steinbrenner, how that is, is running his mouth. And uh, Steven Ridings has been claimed by the Mets. So we're going to get into all of that. Before we get into all of the awards and the news and notes, how are we doing, fellas, on this fine November 16th? Fantastic. Better than Taylor Swift fans, apparently. Point. <laughs> David's very upset about that. David really, thought, uh, really, really wanted to go to a Taylor Swift concert. and That is so false. Unbeknownst <laughs> to him, the concert tickets. If you guys aren't aware of this, listening to that, it, they're going for a minimum of $8,000, so... Um, I think sorry for sorry to you guys, but hot, hot if, take. Uh, if Hal ad- adopts this ticket policy, we'd be able to afford Judge and whoever good transition. Else. Well, I mean, transition, transition to that. I mean, apparently we have enough money as it is. So if he adopts this ticket policy, we wouldn't be able to go to a game, but we would have a damn good team. So that's uh, totally fine. I would sacrifice not being able to watch it in person to win. Well, yeah, you moved to Charleston, so I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little more difficult for you to get to a game, so. I, think, I mean, uh, not really. It's like an hour and a half flight versus ten minutes. But yeah, who's who's counting? Anyway, um, why don't we get right into the? Do you want to get into the Steinbrenner conversation first or the Rizzo? Sure. I mean, they both kind of feed into each other. Steinbrenner is basically saying he's got the cash to throw around. He threw around some cash already to Mr. Anthony Rizzo on a two-year, thirty-four million dollar deal. I believe is seventeen for the first two, and then there's a third-year buyout slash option of 6 million in terms of the, the buyout. And I think the options probably like 20 million, million, 17, it's another 17. So uh, Rizzo back in pinstripes, he said the main reason is because he loves being a Yankee. Um, I think it's pretty safe to assume that uh, he liked being with Mr. Aaron judge. And he's probably talking to zero about coming back. But I think the main reason is that he loves the bagel shop that we go to together. And he wanted to share more bagels with me. So uh, how are y'all feeling about the Rizzo signing slash his uh, continued? For those of you going out there, to the bagel the way, shop, the going to the bagel shop with you is Luke staring at him awkwardly, and yeah, in the corner. Anthony Rizzo grabbing his bag and leaving while I thought about saying hi, drooling on himself. Yeah, it was cool. It was huge that signing because it shows, <clears throat> I think, where the it kind of set the tone for the rest of the offseason. We were already talking about Judge's priority number one. And you think about the postseason or the offseason where we signed Cole and when we re-signed LeMayhew, that was the overhanging thing for the whole offseason and everything was contingent on it and those were late, so there wasn't much else. And this year, this could have easily happened with Judge. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit drawn out. Obviously, they're going to give him a huge offer. But to go and get Rizzo, that's at least a move that you can make that's going to not hinder your ability to get judge and it's not a huge commitment for a 33 year old first baseman that is a perennial gold glove candidate and hits 30 home runs every season i like that it's a it's a quick little table setter too and also i like that we got him quick thing that before the astros because it was announced two days ago that he was the top of their list he probably saw that and was like fuck that i don't want to be an astro because i think of all the players in mlb a lot of them don't like the Astros just as an organization now because of what they did. I feel like Rizzo's probably top of that list, so I don't think he reciprocated uh, the the want to go to Houston. But I agree. I think it's a, a nice table setter, and we we talked about this before. Um, 
one, how much we want Rizzo, and two, I don't want the negotiations with Judge to linger, and then we miss out on the ancillary pieces like a Rizzo, who is a big signing in his own and is huge for this team, but I'm glad we got one out of the way. Now we can focus on Judge, and then if all else fails, if we don't get Judge, which I do think there's a good chance we do, then we didn't miss out on everybody, and then now we have to, a first base to fill too. So it's it's good that we at least got that covered, and now we can focus on Judge. Well, well they also the reportedly, you know, take it for what it's worth, but apparently Hal said also that, you know, this whole offseason isn't contingent on Judge. Like, we're going to make moves. We're going to make him a strong offer. We're still going to make the moves regardless of you know, when he decides. But also on top of that, just something to build on, uh, that this wasn't reported as of a week ago, but Judge apparently told Hal Steinbrenner that um, the Yankees will have the last word. So before he goes anywhere, he'll come back. This is what I got. Match it, beat it, whatever. So that's huge. That's, that's a, yeah. is that from like, a real blue check or one of the? That's from a the, no. That's from a real blue check. I think that was from Joel blue checks. <laughs> I, think, I think that was from Joel Sherman. So I, I feel like which, the which whole Joel mood. <laughs> The official Joel Sherman or not Joel Sherman? Yeah, no, not Joel Sherman with two ends and six nine six nine. At well, the honestly, end of it. you have to. If you click into them, doesn't it say this person is verified no, it says due official. to? Yeah, it yeah. says yeah. official. Two check marks, and it says due but, to. It's the same check mark, but there's a like a classification to it. One says because they're subscribed to Twitter Blue. One says because they're a, an, a but, like a person who's famous. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, the way that Hal Steinbrenner's talking, he doesn't talk like this in any of our adult lives. Like, this is the first time he's gone out and he said the other day, I've met with Judge one-on-one. He's like, admittedly, you know, I kind of screwed up. I don't really talk to the free agents. I let the general manager do that. He's like, this offseason, I've sat down with Judge. We've had multiple conversations. He's given me the indication that we'll have the last word. I think the whole the optics from it, at least from the outside looking in are just getting better and better by the day. Just not even just from a judge standpoint, but the way this team is willing to spend money and willing to actually make moves rather than just sit stagnant and run it back again. I don't expect them to go sign Correa and judge and Rodon and all this. I do think it's within the realm of possibility that you get judge and maybe a guy like a Brandon Nemo or something. That's, you know, that's not a, that's not going to be a small contract. That's going to be, a nine figure deal, but I, it stuff like that is starting to look more and more realistic. I wouldn't hold your breath, but this is, we've, ne- we haven't seen how talk this open about spending money in fuck 13 years. So it is exciting to see, to hear him say things like, I'm not sure if you quoted it yet, but he said he has enough money for judge and whoever else will make the Yankees a world champion. And I think that comment is, largely predicated from, you know, the criticism that he received and how, how he's been openly talking about how he has not been taking the criticism of his, the fans calling him cheap lightly. Like, he's he's losing sleep over it, so to speak, and, you know, the Yankees booing him on Jeter Day and, you know, going out there and meeting Judge for the first time. He's had, like, I mean, he also said the revenue is back up since, we're at, like, 2019, where it was before because he was crying poor about, you know, the COVID stuff which as to be expected, we had a full regular season being uh, through through the ALCS too. So they had playoff money as well. So all this, I, I think my confidence level on signing judge is, is pretty high. And I do think that his comments are, I, I buy into the comments a little bit about him spending on top of judge because 
you know, we if we bring Judge back, it's again running the same thing back, and it clearly didn't work. So uh, bringing Judge back is a big step. It, not bringing him back would be a step backwards. We at least need to maintain the core that took us to the ALCS, but we need others on top of that, whether it be a bunch of, like, bullpen moves, because that's clearly an area of need. We're going to get guys like King back eventually and stuff like that. But there needs to be other moves. They need to open up the piggy bank a little bit, and I, I think they will do it because I think, you know, it's been two years of running basically the same team back, the exact same team back. So I think it's it's time for some additions on top of what we have. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think going under 500 from July on, like, you know, the, the whole front office narrative has been injuries and, you know, well, we're not going to make excuses, but, and it's been that way for a while. This offseason's a lot of the same, but they're being pressed more from the New York media, not a ton because they obviously want to keep their jobs, but they're being pressed on, like we watched the Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman press conferences and you can see guys like Sweeney was just digging into him about IKF. Like, oh yeah, we think IKF's a phenomenal defensive shortstop. And like, well, what metrics are you looking at? Because this is where he ranked and X, Y, and Z, and they were all in the, you know, bottom five. And like, well, well, well. So I think part of that is the outside people are starting to pressure them and they're starting to feel, you know, we talked about it before all this came out and everything that this is a pivotal off season for, from a fan perspective, you're starting to lose a lot of people as this year went on. I mean, shit, this is the first time I've ever seen people in Yankee stadium, leave a playoff game. The, the fucking stadium was empty in game three of the ALCS or game four, game three, we got swept. Again. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Two, I did there, too. There were I like left. 20 bucks. Tickets were $20 for they, a, a yeah, was home game. Like and that's they, insane. they realize that they they're starting to see that. And I think that the outside forces combined with seeing all this negative just energy around the team. It's different than years past. It's not negative. Like, Ooh, somebody struck out with the bases of like, ah, oh, fucking darn now to blow off some steam. I'm going to go buy a beer and a bag of popcorn. It's like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't even want to go. Like they, they don't care. I don't care. And that over that looms over a team that looms over an entire franchise. It's something that they have to notice. They're not, I mean, they make dumb decisions, but you don't run a baseball team and at the front office level or at the, you know, ownership level. And you like not realize that. And that's in a year where you had the, not only the MVP, but probably the single biggest driver to butts and seats in all of baseball for a single player and Aaron judge. And so if that's just another reason that they're going to have to bring him back, you know, from a, an ownership standpoint is, you know, if he walks, no matter who fills the rest of that payroll out and how good they look, nobody's going to drive people to come to the ballpark more than Aaron Judge. I mean, we had well, like it's all one of the more. I'm sorry, go ahead, Damon. No, I was going to say we had like the most historic first half of recent history in, Yan in Yankee history, and then also with Judge breaking the home run record. Those are two massive things that have not happened in a long, long time, and those were like really the driving forces in the ticket sales at the beginning of the year. And then that, like that kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, that kind of like trickled in towards the second half of the year. And then when we started to fall apart, like 
people were still going, but then the playoff the playoffs happened and we lost that game, and then it just kind of went obviously it went downhill from there. Like the tickets dropped like eighty percent, which has never happened before. Yeah, people so, wouldn't like, have high, continued. The highs, to the go. highs, and the lowest of lows. People wouldn't have Both continued to go to the games in that lowest of lows if Judge wasn't chasing a home run record, and that is another reason 100%. why. I mean, revenue is up since where it was in twenty nineteen, and during that drought of wins. Asses and seats were arguably higher than they were in the first half where we were historically winning because of sing, like a single person. So I think that single person deserves to be rewarded financially for the literal amount of dollars that he's brought in in one year alone. Well, you have well, to face baseball in the biggest is, market in baseball. You have to. There's, it's not just Judge, though. This is why you – I think this is why you're starting to hear how kind of talk a bigger talk is because it's – like I said, it's all correlated. You bring back Judge, cool – but does judge want to come back if you're not committed to building around him? Like judge is not an idiot. He does everything and says everything the right way. He can look at this team and realize, okay, we've ran the same shit out three years. Do I really want to commit the rest of my career here and never feel what it's like to win a championship? So when you have, that's the biggest bargaining chip that the Yankees team that isn't front office related has is hope that Aaron judge goes to them and like, okay, I want to be here. This is my price. I'm willing to negotiate that, but build me a winner. Go. I don't want Andrew Heaney starting an important game. I don't want some, I don't want Clark Schmidt. No offense to Clark Schmidt. I like Clark Schmidt a lot, but no offense to Clark Schmidt. When you have him coming in, in a massive situation in the ALCS and you're basically saying, Hey, we don't care. We'll go ahead and we'll try and win this as a six game series rather than a seven game series. Those are the things that attract him to come back here. It's not, yes, the dollar amount matters. Obviously, he turned out a massive amount of money and bet on himself and won. So that's big. But you have to convince Aaron Judge, hey, we're committed to not just putting asses in the seats. We're committed to winning the last game of the year. Yeah, I agree. And the big that's why it's big, too, if true, that they're going to that he's going to come to them for the last offer because that gives them the offer that, you know, the blanket to be able to go get some other guys. If judge isn't necessarily locked up. And when he's going out and saying that they're, they have all this money to spend the judge's agent in their camp are hearing that. And this kind of avoids them other teams being able to drive up the price on him in, in the same way that they would, if he wasn't going back to them where they don't have to overcompensate, they can look, the best offer he's going to get elsewhere and match it and use the rest to build around him. And that's something that he'd be open to. Yeah. I mean, that gives us a ridiculous amount of leverage. If that is true, having the last or say and him bringing that his offers to us and saying like, will you match this or go higher? That gives us an enormous amount of leverage because like, we don't have to blindly bid on him. We just have to find out what other people will offer him. I mean, unless we do already, we could offer him something up front and then he goes out and tests the market brings back a higher number and then we match that or, or let him go. And I think they'd be silly to not match whatever he's being offered. I mean, that's clearly the fair market value for whatever he's going to be offered by most likely the giants or whatever it may be. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to have this conversation, I'm sure many times, many times throughout the off season. But the one thing I will say is from the front office talk is generally pretty cheap. Uh, but the fact that Hal's talking when yeah. he hasn't before and then backed it up by actually signing Rizzo to a deal Quickly. that he's worth and Very quickly, quickly is actually, you know, enough action for me to buy yeah. into it a little bit where I was very hesitant. Yeah. The, the quickness is, is what, me. what I bought in on. 
you want to impress me, go sign a Brandon Nemo. Go sign a Carlos Rodon. I'm not saying go sign Trey Turner. That's going to cost you $300 million in 10 years. Go sign a guy that's going to cost four years at 20, 25 a year. Go get you a Carlos. Go prove it to me that way. Go make a splash trade where you part with maybe a Peraza or something or and Glaber. bring in or well and I that's that's another piece that of much info. value but you know, know but, but they've you, know, checked you know, in. know what i'm saying they've checked into apparently recently on on people who would be suitors for glaber so that's just yeah but that's what i'm saying though make a splash trade where you trade one of these guys that you're holding even if it's peraza you've got volpe he's ready he's ready so go trade one of those guys go sign somebody big that's I feel better than I did a week ago. Like last week you asked me what my percentage was on judge. I said 50, 50. Now I would say it's closer to 70%. And I feel a lot more confident. This is the most confident I felt in an off season since Garrett Cole, but that's because Garrett Cole was begging to be a Yankee in a time where we didn't have a pitcher at all. Like I know Bryce Harper and stuff, but you could at least make excuses when you have one of the top outfielding prospects and shit like that. There are, there were no excuses. And this is the biggest game they've talked and the most we've heard about spending money and acquiring guys to make this team this is the first time the front office has acted like losing has affected them negatively yep and I in see it too. recent memory like they actually are embarrassed and upset and that's good maybe this is the fucking maybe good. this is what we needed <laughs> No, I more think you knew more, more for us, more, more for me and you. No, I, I think, I think they really, I think they really took, I know we said this earlier. They really took, uh, took count of fans leaving and, and all that It in a, it's just, it's embarrassing getting swept by a team that you, that's already had your number. I didn't know it was like a possibility to lose in more embarrassing fashion, but there you go. They did it. So, um, with the MVP on their team, do you guys want to get into the 161 awards? Sure do. I'm excited. This is the 161 Awards. All right. So I will be your host. Huh? Crushed it? Well executed. Yeah, crushed it. I appreciate you. I thought that was very well executed. You couldn't even hear him say, uh, RIP Alex Trebek. You couldn't hear him say, this is Jeopardy. This is the 161 Awards. Um, Basically how this will go. We asked you guys to vote a little late, albeit. So if you miss out on the vote, we, we posted it this morning. So sorry about that. But uh, we got enough votes in. It is a big enough sample size, Murph. So we're going to go through every award one by one. And we are going to basically, we explained it last episode. Each one of us nominated one person for this award. We don't know the results. I do because I'm going to be reading them. Um, but no one else knows the results. We've nominated one person per award, so four total. Um, we're going to make our cases for why we nominated this person and why we think they should win the award. Some are more obvious than others. Uh, so, you know, some of us may have picked our person by default because there was other people already selected. But needless to say, we'll make the case and then we will reveal the winner at each award. This is a fun just way to kind of remember what happened through uh, this season, some things we don't want to remember, and we will talk about those things as well. This is a good and bad awards, but uh, without further ado, do you guys want to get going on the first award? Let's sure. do it. So the first award, we'll start off with a good one. This one is Best Surprise. Now, previously, last year, 2021, uh, 161 awards, 
Nestor Cortez was the winner of the, who took this this hardware home. Uh, going forward, with when I announce these awards, do you want to uh, try and guess who won it last year? I think that'd be more fun than just revealing who it guess was. Who won it last year? Yeah, I'll just a, just a quick. Well, well okay. both of those things. But before you, uh, where once you're done reading off the uh, ones we selected, I have a fifth option that I wish honorable I, mention. Honorable mention. Okay, that's fine. And so if there's an honorable mention that we didn't know before, we can decide as a group if we want to override the fan vote. No democracy here. So um, <laughs> <laughs> if we so choose to do that. So first, I nominated for best surprise, Jose Trevino. I think this is pretty obvious. I think best surprise in my mind is somebody who had I didn't have the highest expectations for. So, you know, a guy like Nestor Cortez, who Murph is... Uh, has nominated um i think there were there were expectations for them he did exceed those expectations so that's that's where we i looked at this it's like where your expectations were where he ended up being so like judge honestly could you could argue that he was a big surprise because he wouldn't expect him to break roger maris's record so it's the distance between expectation and reality so i think jose trevino's gap there was was the largest um i mean he won a platinum glove that is insane that's the first catcher in uh, a long a long time went from gary sanchez to a platinum glove and the bat was there for the first half of the year kind of tailed off in the second half and was terrible in the playoffs but that's all we what we asked of him when we were coming into this we wanted a guy who was i know this is a tough word that we've been using nowadays but stopgap behind the behind the dish but he was he was a nice backstop i think that's a a very big surprise he was an all-star catcher I don't think there's another choice, but Murph, go ahead. Finish the rest. The other nominees, Chandler nominated Mike King, Murph nominated Nestor Cortez, and Damon nominated Clay Holmes. Who wants to take it away? Or do you want to concede? Can I say one thing about (laughs) Nestor Cortez real quick? You shit on Nestor Cortez so much in the offseason, and even after his, like, beginning thing. You personally, Luke, like, oh, yeah, he's just Nestor Cortez. He's funny. Like, so I don't think I think you can still call him a surprise because we sat here on this show. Absolutely a surprise. We sat here on this show and you told me week after week that you expected him to regress back to where you know border like we all where he's just a joke well, yeah no. we all did Rella more so no no no, not, no but i, I went not. back and no you didn't but you also didn't I expect ha- this which nobody could nobody you were the highest on him i'll give you that but i went back to listen for some old takes hot and not for you know to nominate earlier and damon said the same thing as Rella that Hughes funky and that's it and it's over and he shouldn't even you know be in the rotation that kind of thing i thought he should come out of the bullpen i said that Obviously, freezing will take. You were the highest on him, but none of us expected him to be a bona fide number two starter. And let me Not defend my honor real quick. Bona fide number two. Let me let me I, defend my honor real quick. I said time and time again that uh, this is just my feeling towards him. I think he's awesome. He's never showed me a reason why he would regress. And after one bad start, it's I'm not I didn't say the sky was falling or anything like that. I just even after he throws a eight inning shutout with one or two hits. It's just like you can't help but feel like that's a fluke because he is who he is. It's just he doesn't fit the mold. He has no pedigree. He has this, that. It never happened. He never turned back into a pumpkin. But, and I'm agreeing with you here, Chandler, this is absolutely a surprise. His expectations were higher than Jose Trevino, 
Uh, but, I mean, him potentially will get to the team Cy Young later, but he has a chance to win that award too. He might take home a good amount of hardware in this 161 awards, but he was the most effective pitcher, I think, and I think he was potentially the most impactful. So He might get – I think he's back-to-back best surprise. He, because yeah. Two years ago, he back was to back. absolutely back nobody. Back-to-back champ. Shoved in the bullpen, and it was supposed to be his fluke year. So his expectations, even though he was the best surprise, weren't all that high going into this season. We were talking about him – when we were had six starters, we thought seven if you count heel, which crazy we were talking about that from the beginning of the year. Obviously, he got hurt. That sucks. But we were saying that he's the first one out of the bullpen because he's the jackknife, and if he's in the rotation, he's going to be the four or five and maybe have a four ERA and be okay. Also, one funny thing, I think he's the only person if he if he wins back to back surprise awards, like at some point respect needs to be put on his name. I think he's the only person ever that could win three in a row of these because I don't think he'll ever have truly have the respect <laughs> on his name. If he that wins he's a always Cy Young a surprise, next year, maybe, but he's, <laughs> yeah. I have pretty high expectations for him. I do too. Forward. If I he wins too. Cy Young, maybe I would see him as a best surprise nominee, but I don't even think he would. Yeah. Win if you no, next year I would be disappointed if Nestor had a three five ERA and yeah, right, str- like struggled. So yeah. I'll I'll defend my Michael King one. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Michael King on this award because of the length of his season, but our entire bullpen changed without Michael King. Like he was the dude that was everything we needed and nobody ever could have fucking guessed. He was last, he was last year's Loisaga last year. Loisaga came on the scene as a guy that didn't quite make it as a starter. And it was like, holy shit, that's a guy that could be contending to be a closer. Michael King this year. I think you don't need to say much more. Like, he was fucking awesome. His whole season in a nutshell, whole season in a nutshell was that Blue Jays game. Bases loaded, nobody out that he came in to clean up Chapman and then strike out double play. Boom. We're like, okay, this is Michael King. He had like one, he had a bad week. And then outside of that week, he was borderline the best reliever in baseball. Yeah, him and Clay Holmes. No. That, yeah. that was my Damon, opinion. anything on? That's a good good transition to Clay Holmes. Yeah, I mean, this one is uh, – I put Clay Holmes for a few different nominees, but this one, you know, he was like literally breaking records being, being compared to Mariano Rivera in the first month or two of the season. First entire um, half. Yeah, like first until the All-Star half. break. Yeah, I mean, like he kind of fell off towards like – uh gave up I no, guess, like one run that was opening day and then pretty yeah. much that for the all-star break i mean you you i mean talk about a complete 180 but you and talk I about was, timing I, yeah i've never been more confident in a closer in recent years than watching clay holmes come up in the ninth inning and chapman like, was brutal so the closing spot was yeah he needed a closer and he well actually he, he wasn't even that successful as a closer like he kind of was just like eighth inning guy and was letting up literally no runs and then you know got the closer role kind of choked a little bit and the all-star break happened and then he kind of fell off the face of the earth but uh that first half was a huge surprise i mean talk about you know trying to rely on chapman for a little while and then having this closer just kind of come out and break records i mean that's uh it's pretty insane and also was super impactful for that first historic start for not even for just like the historic start of the yankees season he was like a massive part of of, of all that. So, yeah. Before he revealed the winner, the honorable, that. the uh, honorable mention I had in mind, and I can't believe 
I didn't think of him or any of us did as Matt Carpenter because he came out of yeah. absolutely nowhere. Yeah, we had no expectation for him, lower than anybody. And while he was I had him in a few different was... no- nominations, so like I wanted to spread the love. Yeah, a little we bit. have. He's gonna get his love, but I don't know. I'm disappointed in us for that. Yeah, he should have been on that list. Another honorable mention, uh, Cabrera. I think he. I think he was a nice big surprise. He made a bunch yeah. of crazy good plays in the outfield. He was a. A jackknife, if you will, Murphy. That that award has been added, and he might be taking that home later, to be determined. Uh, so this award will be given to. Do you want to make our guesses? What we think? Who we think? You seem pretty cocky about Trevino, and you know the answers. So, okay. Honestly, I would I would pick Trevino. Yeah, Luke's got the worst poker face ever. Jose Trevino did win the best surprise award. Um, Nestor Cortez, a very close second. Uh, Mike King in third and Clay Holmes not very close, uh, and I think that's due to him blowing up, obviously. So um, yeah. bad taste in everybody's mouth. Maybe a little bit of recency bias, but I think Jose Trevino did the same thing. So I mean, gotta be consistent here. One sixty-one followers, but uh, yeah. So Nestor Cortez last year, Jose Trevino this year. Let me mark it. Congratulations to Jose Trevino. Somebody let him know. Um, and he can come on the podcast whenever he would like to. We will welcome him with open arms and give him the actual award. If he actually came on, I'd give him like a physical hardware. Like I'd buy. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta the make awards. some blocks next year. Yeah, and ship it. <laughs> so, if anybody knows their addresses, we could ship them. To ship them, it to so. Yankee Stadium. And, hey, know, Clay Holmes lives on the Upper East Side. He does, he and Rizzo and, uh, does too. If Rizzo yeah. ends up getting a uh, a uh, any any hardware here tonight, I'll I'll hand well, we deliver it to him at the bagel shop. I we can just Clay wait outside the. We could just walk, wait outside the bagel shop every day, and then just give him yeah. this basket of awards. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I don't have anything. Distribute this to the team, <laughs> like yeah. Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like so, one of the. Do you remember getting like trophies in Little League or whatever, where they come in a shitty old cardboard box? Oh yeah, it's all the disgusting plastic trophies. Yep. Could you imagine the look on Anthony Rizzo's face? You're like, hey, here's. Um, you might see some stuff in there like cuck of the year with Josh Donaldson's face <laughs> on there. Just you'll know, you'll know what it means. Nestor Cortez would have all of his awards in his locker. He would. I guarantee it. I think he would. I think, honestly, I'd, I'd be pumped Salt about Salt of the earth, that If man. he was back-to-back, then he, we could make him a belt or something. Well, you had to push Trevino so hard. Otherwise. He was close. I'll, I'll, he's close to back-to-back. We'll give him an award that says that. Um, uh, next award, biggest disappointment. So a little bit of a flip side. There was high expectations for this person or moderate expectations, and they were far from it when they actually performed. I, or previously, want to guess who won it last year? Three, two, one. I looked at the thing already. Okay, it's Gleyber Torres. I did, too. I did too. Yeah, I looked at the entire – you had last year's winner on it. We don't okay. need to guess yeah, that's fine. We, we, won't be, we won't be guessing it. So last year's – I'm only a third-time host of this show. I need to get a little bit more run. So Glaber Torres was the biggest disappointment last year. Uh, this is probably back when we had uh, lots of expectations for Mr. Glaber Torres. Now he's just point blank an average player. So my expectations are not very high for him. So I mean, needless last to say, he did not make put it. it. In, put it in perspective. Last offseason, we sat at spring training together and talked for 45 minutes about how Glaber Torres we'd rather have over Aaron Judge. Or that term. he was a dark horse MVP and all that stuff. So... Yeah. He is very much an average player nowadays and probably for the rest of his career. And we're, I'm, I'm okay with that. If they if they trade him, they trade him. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. That's what he is. My nominee for this um, award 
And I'll try to keep more of a poker face to in terms of who's actually going to win this award because I actually haven't looked yet. So uh, mine is Frankie Montas. And I don't think this is a weird one for me to nominate. I just nominated because I know a lot of people had high expectations for him to be that number two guy to come in here above Severino and be a playoff guy. Uh, not only did he get hurt, but when he was pitching, he was terrible. And he became Sonny Gray 2.0, which I, I thought was going to be the case because, or potential to be the case because he's coming from a small market in um, Oakland. So nothing really more I need to say about that. He was very disappointing. Uh, didn't even have any impact whatsoever in the playoffs. Didn't He was hurt for the ALDS. So uh, did he even pitch in the ALCS? I know he was on the roster. I think he came in and gave up a, a home run. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, game came one. In. Yeah. so game terrible. One he came in and got shelled. Terrible. No, nothing more I need to say about it, about that. He was very disappointing. Uh, the other nominees are Chandler had Donaldson, Murph had Cashman, and Damon had Joey Gallo. So take it away, whoever wants to start. Cashman's a good one. I think he might win that just because of that bad taste everybody has in their mouth. But fucking Donaldson, man. Like, I... I hate Donaldson. I hated him before the season. This is no surprise. I expected him to be really bad, but this is just a new, like an impressive level of bad coupled with him just being a giant dickhead, like pimping singles off the wall, getting thrown out. Like, oh, ha, 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 I flew out to the shortstop and did pushups while we're losing 40 to nothing in an important game or just shit like that. I, I fuck that guy. I don't know. That's all now, I, I, I pick Cashman because I think Donaldson's the shoe in. Like, you know, off the cuff, I think most people would say Wait, Donaldson without Aaron Judge, twice, MVP, so. biggest disappointment, Donaldson. Yeah, it's those two. But I, I threw Cashman in there just because, you know, I was back and forth on him and a couple other guys. But I don't know. The way he handled bringing Peraza up and kind of waiting on it and, you know, the deadline, nothing really panned out. He traded for Montas, who was known to be hurt granted didn't give up too too much but like you know it's just those little moves where at the end of the season he was the one that seemed like was to blame before uh, the season two revealing that judge didn't accept yeah, the count, that whole thing i one. mean he and shot the himself fact that how's the, the one talking to judge now is another sign of that so i, I definitely don't... disappointing yeah, yeah I agree. the reason i mean yes donaldson was dog shit um However, he did have some cool walk-offs that I think may have saved him from this. That's just my 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 personal opinion. I don't know Bad the results. Bad opinion, Damon. My personal, just, I, don't, I don't know the results, but I think People he have did a have a couple, couple uh, clutch walk-offs that uh, may uh, may may think may uh, cause people to think differently. And a lot uh, of I, played well in the field too. Yeah, he played well in the field. Um, Gallo couldn't didn't know a ball was coming at him when he was at the plate, uh, and. Uh, you know, we were we weren't expecting much from him, and the fact that we weren't expecting much, and then he performed less than that. Relic uh, said he was going to win MVP. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's in one of the awards here. So, oh, yeah, we like we would have been happy Jump with him gun. hitting like two ten, and he hit like zero. So uh, yeah, he wasn't walking like we thought he would either. He wasn't walking. He you know gave up pretty much. He knew he was being traded, and he was like, "I'm packing my bags, I'm moving, and I don't know where I'm going yet." So. Talk about yeah, being completely, completely destroyed. Uh, yeah. Honestly, when we were looking at this, I, I forgot for a second. Uh, we were filling out some of the remaining uh, nominees here, and I forgot 
that Joey Gallo was on the team for a moment there when I was just thinking about just just recalling the whole season. Uh, I don't know how I forgot, but yeah, expectations were moderate to low, and I cannot believe they were that 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 big of a gap in the actual performance versus the expectation is definitely disappointing uh, to say the least. So. The winner of this award, or you want to say loser of, of this award, because it's not one you want, is Joey Gallo. This one was really Real? close. Joey Gallo, what, this was a very close, honestly, every single one of these guys gave it their all to win this award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, in, in, I mean, it's, it's almost dead even, honestly. Gallo had a slight, a, a pretty sizable advantage over the rest, not... I mean, when I say sizable relative to the other ones, but the other three were all neck and neck. It, it went Gallo, Donaldson, Montas, Cashman, for what it's worth, but it was all very close. Uh, congratulations to Joey Gallo for being uh, the biggest disappointment, also known as, in our in our minds, the uh, this is this is probably the cuck of the year. Um, I, I don't think we put cuck of the year because so, this is basically that same thing. So, yeah, well, uh, th- yeah this is cuck of the year. We're gonna have to put that That's trophy ridiculous. in a separate box. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's yeah, because I mean, I'm, it's not. If it wasn't labeled Cuck of the Year, I think Donaldson would probably win. So if that's that's why you're a little probably a little upset over there, Mr. Chandler. So next award, similar to Cuck of the Year, similar to Biggest Disappointment, um, but this I think takes it one step further. Uh, the previous winner of this award was Andrew Heaney. Can anybody guess what this award is? Worst player on the team. That is another a synonym for Sunmeister. <laughs> so uh, this is person. I mean, if anybody has is new to this podcast, throughout the season we send people to and from the sun. If you're really, really, like really bad, you get sent to the sun for an extended period of time. You have to be bad to in order to get there. Uh, these players did it. They were all on the sun. Some are still on the sun. Some will die on the sun. Um, the previous Sunmeister was Andrew Heaney, also nominated for that award. Were guys like. Uh, What's his fucking name? Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is the guy I was looking for. Uh, so, bet just not good company you want to be in. The nominees for this award are uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. This is obvious. I, I, I nominated Isaiah Kiner Falefa. The others are Josh Donaldson, Chandler nominated, Murph nominated, Araldis Chapman, who is still on the sun and probably will end up on the sun uh, because he's not going to play ever again uh, for the Yankees, at least. And Damon nominated Aaron Hicks, who is very much. Uh, he embodies what a Sunmeister is. So that is, that is, I, I think I'm, I want to change my vote, but I nominated Isaiah Kainer-Falefa. I mean, just, Did he, even he, end up he on came, yes, absolutely. And if he didn't, this is his time. If he didn't, then he's I being nominated now him. and that's it. So, I mean, he, he came in and he, this is similar to Biggest Disappointment. He was supposed to be at least a, a relatively decent defender, he, we were told that he was a gold glover. I hadn't watched him in any capacity. I don't watch Texas Ranger baseball very often. But he won the gold glove over Gio Urshela, so the expectation was high that he could be at least a stopgap shortstop. I know he's out of position, whatever. He won the gold glove at third base. Who cares? He was terrible in way, a lot of ways. He The only things he did bring were a little bit of speed and uh, singles, and that's it. He was really, really bad, um, but... Yeah, go ahead and explain your nominees. I explained mine on the last one. Fuck Josh Donaldson. Yeah, you I nominated him for every bad thing. I, I mean, it's pretty Damon, easy too. 
I loathe Josh Donaldson. Josh oh, Donaldson might be I'm, my I'm most well hated aware. Yankee of my lifetime. Like I'm he's well aware, Chandler. He's up there. I cannot stand that gray mullet motherfucker at all. You're 40 years old and you have a gray fucking. All right, we, we, uh, get we get it. The, <laughs> that's all it. you need. We get that's it, a guy that needs to be on the sun. His hair yeah, looks like right. it was fucking burnt by the sun. I'll go. I uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I'll go quick. Um, I picked Hicks. I mean, not a ton to say there. Um, we needed him to just be an okay player that was in, like okay in the field and got on base. And I've never seen someone so lost <laughs> in the outfield at, at certain points. Like literally, at just certain th- points. That's generous. like literally throwing his hands up in the air, not like didn't know where the ball was, like that kind of bad. Um, I mean we all watched him. He was useless. He got benched at the end of the year, benched a little too late in my opinion. And, um, good opinion. Yeah. And, uh, someone who promised a 40, 40 season. I forgot then... about 30, 30, 30, 30, but for what it's worth, right, let's, let's go back and what's the final count. No, here? I think it was 40, 40. He said, no, he said 30, no, 30, 30, 40, 30, 40 is like Ricky Henderson only. Right. Or, yeah. yeah or no. I know. But Tatis, I know he said something ridiculous. Tatis was about to do that a couple of years ago. Shit like that. Or Cunha, the 40, 40 is not the 30, 30 is in the realm of possibility, but I, that's what he, did he even break, uh, Double digits on any, on any like I think he had like ten stolen bases, but also had like nineteen times thrown out because he was literally just every time he got on base, like every other week, would his, just try and steal. His final line on the thirty thirty campaign was uh, twenty two short in the home run categories. He had eight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was funnier to say twenty. How many short. RBIs did he have? We're not going there yet. And he had ten stolen bases. He was twenty short. On the stolen bases, so twenty-two short and uh, uh, a small twenty short on the so stolen he was bases. A, he was a solid um, thirty away combined. Did he even have thirty RBIs? He had forty RBIs. Mark. Wow, what so, a beast! All right. If he was going by RBIs and uh, OPS plus, <laughs> he narrowly gets the thirty thirty there. No, the OPS plus was eighty-six. But yes, not good season for Mister Aaron Hicks. Um, if you had RBIs and then you had uh, home runs plus on bases, it still wouldn't be a 30-30. Yeah, man. What a disappointing year. We need to make an award called the Glue Factory Award, and that's for Aaron Hicks. I be- that's kind of like what this that's a synonym of it's this. A lot of people no, were we like asked we asked for more we asked for more awards as well. A lot of people were saying like most hated that like some of these awards existing are, are kind of synonymous with that. So Son of my series is all of those things wrapped in one. I mean, just look at who won last year. Andrew Heaney and was the winner last year. Who Aroldis Chapman is? That is that's an accurate statement. Yeah, no, no, he nothing more needs to be said. Had more walks than total strikes probably thrown on the year, and then essentially got kicked off the team because he didn't feel like showing up because he may or may not have gotten left off the roster when he was supposed to be the closer going into the year. Got injured Son by getting a tattoo Meister. right before a tattoo, playoff. Was that before a playoff series or? No, that was this year. I yeah, think no, it was right this, this year. The no, it was series. not the playoff series. It was before it was something right pivotal. The subway. The subway yeah, series, it was that right? Met series. Yeah, that two game thing. Yeah, got, got a tattoo in season and and then they were gonna go infected. to the west. I remember. Yeah, they were gonna go to the west coast and like ramp him up or whatever, and then he got infected after he was coming off something else or something. I don't know. All great options. Who won? <laughs> all great. All great options. 
the winner of the Sunmeister Award, Aaron Hicks. Congrats, well Damon. Aaron Hicks. Congratulations, Mr. Aaron Hicks. Uh, this is a well-deserved award, I think. This one, I think anyone here could have won, and I think it shook out the way that I expected. Uh, Hicks had a sizable lead. Chapman came in second. Uh, Donaldson in third, and IKF in third and fourth. Um, Aaron Hicks just kind of ran away with this one. He was, I mean, he the amount of times he's been booed at the stadium, it just it was. I I looked over to Chandler at a few of the games, and Damon is like, I I've, I I am booing this person. I'm actively booing him. But I do feel bad for him as a person because he is getting his ass kicked by everybody in the stadium all at once. So he, uh, congrats to Aaron Hicks. I hope to never see you again. And that is a, to kind of pull it full circle, that is a reason why we should sign a guy like Brandon Nimmo to never see Aaron Hicks again. Or, you know, have, I mean, Aaron Judge has to be in, in the outfield first, but Nimmo being that second outfielder or Ben Attendee or somebody like that. Um, but yeah. Next award is the Brinks Truck Award. That's a good professional segue into who we should sign. Brinks Truck Award, the previous Brinks Truck truck Award winner, is basically we give the four options, and this is the fans, what they would want, who they would want to sign the most. This year, it's it's relatively obvious. Um, So, you know, obviously we all want Aaron Judge, but the nominees for this one are Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Carlos Rodon, and Jacob deGrom. Uh, the previous winner was Corey Seager. Other names that on that list were guys like uh, who else? Carlos Correa was up there. A couple other people. I think Rodon was on that list last year as well uh, because we needed a pitcher and we did not get one. But I nominated Trey Turner. Chandler nominated Aaron Judge, obviously. Uh, Murph nominated Carlos Rodon, and Damon nominated Jacob deGrom. <laughs> I think it's fairly clear who's going to win this award, but... Outside of Aaron Judge, and not to be a spoiler or anything like that, Aaron Judge did win by a landslide. He won. <laughs> I'm not even going to let the drum roll finish. Um, he won by an absolute landslide. But I think let's use this time to have a conversation about the other three and who we should prioritize post Aaron Judge, or if we don't sign Aaron Judge, who we would want out of these three more and then we'll let the fans decide who they voted for in second place. So make the case. Rodon, I, uh, DeGrom, Turner, I, I I did DeGrom. I mean, I did go last in here, so I didn't pick any duplicates. Obviously, I would have picked Judge. Um, I kind of do like the Rodon um, pick as well, and I, I would probably pick that over DeGrom also. But, um, I mean, I think we've all been saying this, but we need to win next year. It's like this, it's a win or completely rebuild at this point. So if we're talking about Brink, what Brink's truck, like we're trying to just kind of throw every dollar we have to win a championship, give the ground, whatever he wants, pay him. Let's have the, the best one, two in baseball. And let's win a, win a world series. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if it's a terrible deal, but if we go out there and win, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. I'll go off because I think I had the only other pitcher. Yeah, I just – for all those same reasons is, you know, why I put Radon, except that it seemed a little bit more within the realm of possibility. We've been tied to him for a little while, and it'd be a more reasonable contract if you are going to bring back Judge, and then it gives you a top three rotation piece. And we need a pitcher of his caliber or close to it 
in any any way you slice it. So here's my thing. I, I picked Trey Turner, but on the DeGrom thing versus Rodon, I think you, you mentioned that it'd be a more team friendly deal. I, I think it'd probably be better, honestly, in my mind, to get DeGrom over Rodon because I think the years will be less. I think the AAV will be more, but I think that bodes better for us because we're our window is small and DeGrom fits that narrative is he fits exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to win now. And he's a pitcher that you take him or Rodon, honestly, like take more years though. I mean, I, yeah, but he's going to take less than Rodon, I think. Um, but, uh, and just based on the injury history and the age, I think, and if you're going to match one person over the other in a playoff series, like if you matched Rodon versus DeGrom, I, I mean, I'm taking DeGrom all day. Obviously the health is a concern, but I, I, I think I'd rather take DeGrom. I think that it'd be more uh, maneuverable for us because I think we'll get him for like, I, I'm not, I don't know what he's asking for, but maybe like three years. I, I'd assume. I feel like he's going to get a good seven, plus. eight. I don't care I about like the money per year. Seven yeah. or eight years though. You no, he's not. DeGrom's no, he's 32. Not. DeGrom's going to get a contract like Scherzer where it's going to be yeah. three years at 40 Scherzer plus. Scherzer 37. DeGrom's yeah, 32 DeGrom's with injury history. A lot of yeah, Scherzer is a brick shit house. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I think um, it's going to be a more team friendly deal. For I, what I it's picked... worth, my guy that would not be Aaron Judge would be Trey Turner. I think that's a no brainer. I think he instantly makes this team better in every import. Like, he is, if you could tailor make a player that needs to be on this team to completely revitalize what this offense is about and what this defense is about, it's Trey Turner. He's the perfect player for what the Yankees need. They're not going to get him. He's going to command 330 or more. I don't see them shelling out $600 million in an offseason or more. But if you imagine if it was if it was a perfect world, you find a place for Anthony Volpe and you trade Peraza. You go get like Brandon Woodruff or something. You trade Peraza and then you put Volpe at third or second or anywhere. Turner if also you, can play other places too. He plays. Yeah, he played second next to um, second. fucking Corey Seager. So, I, I mean, but Volpe can move around too. He's young, whatever. Like, you you build around a guy like that. That is the absolute perfect fit for this team. It'll never happen. But, I mean, shit. We were talking about a couple weeks ago that, and it's not like an uncommon argument that some people would argue they would rather have Trey Turner over Aaron Judge for the long term. Obviously. Aaron Judge is a guy that's been in New York. He's done it. He does everything we want. But yeah, and and to Trey Turner's credit, he's done it in a huge market too. This, exactly the same market essentially in LA. Um, he gives he, you trade pieces. Gives you trade pieces. Like you're talking about. Yeah, because of the amount too. of people because that we, we were also talking about. Have, yeah, yeah. you can now trade Peraza, but you can also trade Glaber with confidence because you're filling up another infield spot and you have DJ and right. they're paying. Donaldson anyway obviously it's a step down from judge because he's a is a known commodity in the Bronx um I don't think it's that I don't think it's a super duper large step down but I obviously would prioritize judge over him I I do think that there is a chance in a world where we don't get judge because and I don't think that's necessarily like what we were talking about before of the Yankees just putting together spending money to get a bunch of people like towards the end of their prime, like a 2016 Yankee situation where we get a bunch of Carlos Beltrons and all like all that stuff. So uh, I wouldn't be upset about getting Trey Turner. Uh, the the winner. What? Go ahead. Sorry. The only problem with that is whether Trey Turner is still available when judge that's true. situation is resolved. 
So hopefully that resolves itself relatively quickly so we have the, the flexibility and imagine a world where we get both. That'd be insane. So the winner of the Brinks Truck Award is Aaron Judge. No shock here, but the second place winner was Trey Turner, then DeGrom, then Rodon. Um, congrats, Aaron Judge. I hope he is a Yankee by the time you guys are listening to this. That'd be fantastic. So bring back Jizzo, Aaron Judge. Congrats on this award. Um uh. Next award is the 161st boy of 2022. Uh, this is basically just like the biggest locker room guy, I guess. It, is that what, what it kind of was? I don't remember what it was last year. Is it just like our, our, our favorite player? I think it was more so our favorite player slash locker room guy, which are usually one and the same. So uh, that's essentially what this is. I, the previous winner was Stanton. Um, not sure how he how he won that. It was a fan vote. I, I don't think I would have personally selected Stanton. I don't think people uh, appreciate a, a locker room guy as much as the fellas in here. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> the nominees for this award are Anthony Rizzo for me, uh, Chandler kind of kind of like he went he went he was he was looking for a, a fan vote because he put Jizzo. I think that's probably gonna win. I didn't even I haven't even looked at them yet, but I feel like that's a an easy I wasn't selection. going for a fan vote. I think Jizzo, that combination, is a no-brainer. It is a no. It is definitely a no-brainer. Um, Murph nominated Nestor Cortez. Uh, absolute no-brainer there. Damon nominated Matt Carpenter. I mean, just the way he threw those those gum pieces at like, I mean, from the dugout was just uh, nobody else could do it like him. So <laughs> I think anyone here could, could take home the hardware on this award. I mean, th- there's no reason. I actually, this is a very close. I don't know. I, who's yeah, I think there's a chance of, of any of these people. I haven't looked at them yet. I'll make the case for Rizzo. It's short, sweet. He's clearly the glue of this this team. Uh, I'm happy to have him back. He's a one half of Chandler's nominee. I think that is. I think that speaks volumes that he is one half of Chandler's nominee, and the other half is not a nominee. So I think that is more so in the favor of my nominee of Mr. Anthony Rizzo. I mean, can't say enough about the guy. Definitely should be the uh, 161st boy of the year. I don't know, man. Those montages of Jizzo just laughing and cutting up in the dugout, those guys love each other. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the Yankees without Jizzo. No. That's true. And the other half of that is going to be named Captain if he's coming back. So, yeah, yeah kind so. of a cheating Captain both, but I get it. it had to be. I don't think that's cheating about. at all. I think that's using my resources available. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, don't want to play I, a game, brother. When hey, I picked Nestor, well I just said, had. Uh, when I picked Nestor, I just had the image when he was mic'd up for one game in the regular season, like carrying around the bucket of double bubble, just <laughs> making everybody <laughs> laugh in the dugout. He's just that. That popped into my head, and I was like, yeah, like he's he's. He's the boy. That's it. Like, and I don't want to bring yeah. things in from last year too, but he did have the turtle. He, he thing. brought in, yeah, the turtle. Like he's he's a Bronxy. bona fide locker room guy. I don't yeah. think he's going to win. Right, I think Bronxy. Rizzo or Jizzo is going to win, but he should be very highly considered for. This. He should be highly considered. Yeah. Uh, Damon. Mustache bubblegum. That's all I'll say. That is cool. a very good case. I, I, you have you have absolutely swayed my vote. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see if the let's see if the fans also thought the same thing when they saw Carpenter's name. They did not. 
Anthony Rizzo is the winner of this award. Wow. This is a no-brainer, honestly. I, I, I think people... Jizzo snubbed. I think Jizzo definitely snubbed. I think people seeing Jizzo were probably like, wow, these guys are a little weird. I'm not sure if I know what that is. Uh, it's provocative. Um, if you don't know what that is, that says more about you. I'm just saying it's democracy. Congrats, Anthony Rizzo. Um, you know how to pick a mean bagel and be a good guy as well. And those are the... Uh, the prerequisites for being the 161st boy of the year. So next, joining, uh, he's joining Stanton in that award as well. Next award is moment of the year. Now this award was previously given to Giancarlo Stanton for his grand slam against the Red Sox last year. We all remember that. That was a very awesome thing that happened. I think there are far more... Um, far more monumental moments that happened this year. This is a, a lot more of a, a momentous not as depressing year, not as depressing year. A lot of cool things happened this year, but I mean, last year, a lot of good things happened too. There was a, a, a no hitter that was thrown. There was, um, yeah, yeah that, exactly. that's about it. Fact, the grand have to say, um, so those two things were pretty cool, but this year, a lot it was an action packed year, ups and downs. My nomination for, the moment of the year uh, is judges walk off versus Jordan Romano. Now this one is a little bit skewed because we were sitting behind home plate for this one. And that was before judge had hit any walk-offs in his career to that point. So him hitting or walk-off home runs, that is he had hit a single to that point. There's only one, uh, right. It was like a, a dribbler up the middle, but this one is his first walk-off home run of his career. And there was, that was at that point, that was a huge thing. Like everybody was saying, wow, like, this big power hitter who hit 63 home runs, 62 home runs this year, can't even hit a walk-off home run. So him getting the monkey off his back against Jordan Romano at the time was the strongest reliever in baseball. Him and Clay Holmes were. So I, I thought that was awesome. The entire crowd was – it was it was great. That was one of the better moments of my life at a Yankees game. So it's hard for me not to pick that. Obviously, one that we didn't mention on this list is obviously this is that we didn't have none of us had the 60 second home run. I think that was a little silly. That one is is definitely on there. Um, I subbed out another one, but Damon had Donaldson's walk off grand slam down seven to four. That was a great moment. Murph had Stanton's walk off grand slam after Judge's 60th. That was an awesome. That was the game of the year, probably against the Pirates, right? Against the Pirates. Um, yeah. And then Jay, uh, Chandler had Hicks's home run versus the Astros. So, if everybody wants to make their case, go for it. The Hicks home run versus the Astros. I know we shit on Hicks a lot. Same way we shit on Donaldson, who had a moment in this. But Hicks's home run against the Astros was at a time where we couldn't lose, and I think we walked off the night previous as well. I like that was when we had back-to-back walk-offs against the Astros. We had the best record ever through however many games. And then Aaron Hicks, the guy that everybody had counted out and I mean, well-deserved. He was fucking terrible steps in there and hits that massive three run home run. And it was at the time it was like a, this is our year. Like Aaron Hicks is doing this against the Astros. We literally cannot lose a game. Like, this is it. This is the year the Yankees finally get over that. In that moment, every fan thought it. Like, this is this is it. It was I'm, fucking electric. I'm going to follow it up because those are a lot of the same reasons I picked mine somewhat. 
and it was that that whole inning i guess is the best moment of the season because you're down five it's in that stretch where you're counting down judges home runs will he actually because after he hit 59 he got a little stagnant for a while we were worried will he get it will he not the yankees were struggling you're losing by five to the pirates and then judge hits his 60th and it's like okay cool like he got a 60th even if we lose at least he you know we'll sort of figure it out but then after that bases are loaded in stanton who was struggling a lot in the same way that hicks was struck out three times previously was getting booed and then he steps up and hits that walk off grand slam down three that's like you know you're thinking bottom of the ninth down three bases loaded that's like the situation when you're a kid that you're stepping up to and Stanton who was struggling, did it and made judges 60th home run tying Babe Ruth's record actually really cool. So I feel like there, this one shouldn't particularly be close. I, uh, I agree with that one, Murph. I wanted to pick that one, but you picked it before me. Um, the only reason I went with the Donaldson walk off is because I was watching that game and I was so confident we were going to lose, you know, <laughs> it was like yeah. bases loaded, Do- Josh Donaldson up. We also we were, couldn't and win we were at down. that point. Yeah, we, and we, were, lost, we, were, like, we were down three. 14 of 15. Like we were down three, Donaldson's up. We were really, really losing. Uh, we were on a losing streak. And that moment would have been so much better if we actually turned it around after that game. Because that was the game where like Donaldson was to Glaber, like we're back, we're back. That was that game. And then we just weren't back. So if <laughs> if we if we like actually followed up with that, it was a turning point in the season. It would have been so much cooler, but it wasn't. So uh, I thought about I'm not that really one. making a case. I'm not gonna make a case for mine because I don't think it's the one. <laughs> I thought about that one too, and the funny. I remember where I was when I was watching that game because I was at a rehearsal you dinner. You sent me the picture of you in the robe. Yeah, that, that was night. that game. So I was at a rehearsal <laughs> dinner and like watching it, and everything was kind of winding down, and like the Yankees are getting beat, but. I go back to my hotel room and like throw on a bathrobe, grab a glass of wine and like thing, a Swedish fish or something from the vending machine. And I was sitting there watching just like, I guess I'll watch this like brutal thing. And then all of a sudden that happened and I was alone eating Swedish fish in a bathrobe. It was fun. So if you were also alone eating Swedish (laughs) fish and for the, for the video viewers, there's a, the picture Murph was describing was on the YouTube, so go check it out at the Bronx Pinstripes, and you can watch the episode on there. Um, yeah, no, if you, if you remember where you were for a moment, it's a pretty good moment. So, without further ado, Damon, sorry about it, but uh, I took yours off the vote list just because I had to slide in the Judge sixty second home run because that'd be silly not to have on there for the fan vote. But you just let me talk about nonsense. For yes, I did. <laughs> All right, so. Go fuck myself. And obviously, Aaron Judge's sixty-second home run won that award. Um, second I place. Okay, well, that's, <laughs> you, do you think if I put Donaldson's walk-off grand slam on there, no, it would have? I, I told beat? you, I don't. I told you, I didn't think that was going to win. I just wanted to make a case for it. So, in second place was Murph Stanton walk-off grand slam after Judge's sixtieth, which I do think that, and that was honestly pretty close to Judge's sixty-second in terms of the vote. And I think that's uh, that's pretty fair because that that moment was you can make the argument that that moment was cooler in the actual Absolutely. moment because it had everything to do with the game. Plus, we got that same day we also got Judge's 60th, so we got the fun from that chasing history, but we also got a walk off grand slam. 
So I, I think you can make the case for that. But in third place was Judges Walkoff versus Romano. Obviously, everybody voting for this who didn't vote for that was not sitting behind home plate, which I can't blame you for that. I was, and that was sad. that was pretty cool. We so were. we we were, and that was very cool. Uh, Hicks home run versus the Astros with coming very much last place. Uh, really? Not, yeah, I'm actually surprised about that. I just think people of- didn't remember that as much. That's the only reason. Like it took also, me a second to remember anyone, that. Also, I don't think anyone wanted to vote for Hicks. I think that's it. I think if you just that put Pablo Sanchez home run against the Astros, like it would have came in second. I still think that the Stanton walk off slash that whole inning versus the Pirates was cooler than the sixty second. Ah. I just like I didn't really care when that that happened. was the like, most was entertaining really... inning of baseball I've ever watched. It that and I that mean, might that be is true. Ridiculous. The How? most entertaining ba- inning of baseball was game six Regular season or seven sorry. of sorry. the Cubs Indians. Yes, absolutely. World yeah. Series. Regular season baseball, though. Uh, next award is the Silver Fox Award. We'll keep this one short and sweet. It's just if you don't know what a Silver Fox is, it's just an old old guy who's just like spry. And he, he's got he gets a pep in his step. Oh, you uh, mean Matt Carpenter? Matt Carpenter was nominated by myself. Previously, Brett Gardner won this award. Chandler nominated Brett Gardner again. And I'm not sure if he understood the assignment here. Uh, he's not on the team. so that I think is... he got talked about enough because of Hicks's fuck-ups to where he should be considered. He got votes, so I'll, I'll leave it if there. If you but... ever opened Twitter on a day that Aaron Hicks was starting, like Brett Gardner was trending. Because That's it's true. like you're gonna tell me that Brett Gardner can't do this. <laughs> that that did so. happen a lot. So I think the mentions alone that I'll qualify that he's allowed. So uh, Murph nominated Anthony Rizzo. Uh, quite kind of a interesting pick here. He is an older fella, but over thirty. That's good. No I great mean, hairs. How many, I think counts than, against him. Give me two people that are older than anyone else on this list than Rizzo. Like yeah, I had a, I had a tough time with this. I mean Matt yeah, Carpenter. Matt Carpenter is the answer. That's the answer. Damon said Licky. Uh, yeah, not sure what you were I doing thought there. about Licky. Like, who? Because I mean, because I, I went down. I went down the the list, the roster, sorted it by age, and he was like after Carpenter, and you know, he was like the next, I guess, best How old guy. Is Carpenter. He was, he's, like know, he's like 35, 36. Yeah, he's like thirty. But, yeah, thirty six. Licky's like thirty three or something. He's older. Ronald Guzman. Matt Carpenter is the winner of the Silver Fox Award. Congratulations, Matt Carpenter. This is probably the most uh, coveted award in the 161 Awards. So congrats to him. Look forward to seeing him potentially back on the Yankees next year. Uh, I would like Anytime to see- your name mentioned in the same category as Darren O'Day, who was a nominee last year. And he was. The runner-up, if I'm not mistaken. Not sure why he didn't win. Injury. Yeah, recency bias because he wasn't available to play and Brett Gardner doesn't miss a game. So uh, next award is the Iron Balls Award. Now, this is synonymous with the most clutch Yankee on the team. Um, Previously, Giancarlo Stanton, no shock there. I mean, at the time of voting, he had just done what he did against the Red Sox where he narrowly almost hit three home runs against them. If he was playing at a regular ballpark, he would have, uh, he's just absolutely unbelievable in the playoffs. Stanton, congrats last year. This year, the nominees are Harrison Bader for his playoff performance. I think that is, uh, speaks for itself. Chandler nominated Wandy Peralta. Uh, Murph nominated Michael King and Damon nominated Jose Trevino. Damon, why don't you start with uh, your nominee with Mr. Trevino? 
already took home one hardware. Can he take home another? Make yeah, the case, I David. mean, <laughs> I wanted to pick Wandy. <laughs> I feel like my last couple of nominees have just been like. Maybe you people... should have filled out the doc when we told you to. I was. I had a job. I had that thing yeah, where cool. I need to work. I have a um, Anyway, I picked. So do the people listening, but they're taking the time out of their day to listen, Damon. All right, sorry. unlike you. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'll wear that one. Um, Trevino, I mean, two things come to mind. One, he had a bunch of clutch walk-offs that um, I think, you know, were huge during that during that, those stretch of games. Um, and two, I mean, talk about a guy who has iron balls, the catcher behind the plate who's uh, leading, you know, these guys who are potential, you know, a couple guys who are potential signing awards. No one really made the cut yet but uh in the beginning of the year we had a couple people who were were up there um i mean yeah catcher and uh clutchness That's i'm pretty sure he for. actually has an iron ball like surgically yeah you gotta have iron balls to uh i don't think that's play catcher just one of them i mean i'll, I'll go ahead and step in here for mr wandy peralta i mean the guy's a fucking gamer look at the I mean, gold glove defense, he's taking balls off the shin and sprinting over there and just throwing lasers. You toss in this guy that's, like, punching himself in the face and stuff, and, I, I mean, he gets out of every situation, ever. It's not pretty. Like, he's not throwing 105 and strutting off the mound. He's kind of goofy. He's, like, Nestor Cortez-esque in the way he goes about his business, but the guy's effect. He gets the job done. He was our best reliever in the playoffs, he was the first was it the first reliever ever to throw in all five games of an ALDS. Like, if that doesn't qualify you, then I don't know what you guys are watching. The dude is li- the living version of the South Park meme of the guy with his nuts in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- those playoffs, I mean, he proved that. And, Murph. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would have picked – I probably would have picked Vader – uh, I just thought Boo. the same reasons that Chandler picked King for whatever it was earlier in the year or earlier in the episode. Like, but, but when he came in, when Chapman walked the bases loaded and just got three outs right off the rip, like that's what I'm thinking of for the biggest balls came in while he was healthy and got out of some jams. Bader. I, I'm nominating Bader. I think most of us probably would. Um, I think he, you know, four home runs or something, whatever, how many many home runs he hit in the entire postseason, just stuff that you, you you haven't seen, especially from a guy who didn't expect to have kind of power like that coming over to a new team. Um, supposed to be this defensive wizard uh, ends up being the entire offense in the entire postseason. So uh, without further ado, Harrison Bader is the winner of this award. Congratulations to to Mr. Harrison Bader for the Iron Balls Award. Um, Second place was Wandy Peralta, and those were the the top two. It was a a dogfight at the top, and uh, Harrison Bader actually had a a pretty large margin there. Uh, That's so recency biased. That... A lot of these, like I could see, I think that is a terrible out. That is bad for the country. I wouldn't have thought of Wandy, but I Harrison think that, Bader that's where my week. vote would have gone when you think about it. Harrison Bader had a good week. He didn't even know. I love though. Harrison. A good week it brings you home a, a World Series, and that's hardware that we haven't had in a long time. So A good so week brings you home a World Series, but we didn't win a World Series. We got swept. Yeah, if the rest of the team showed up and also had iron balls, then – we would have come home with some hardware and uh, 
only Harrison that's Bader a bad, is the one coming That's a terrible, terrible outcome. Okay, well, that's democracy. So moving on to the next award is, uh, we'll, we'll save this one. I'll move down the list a little bit here. Uh, we'll go with uh, almost MVP. Now, almost MVP, actually, you know, I'll just say this word. Team MVP, it was Judge. So we'll move on from that one. That one's obvious. Uh, next award after that is almost MVP. I think that's fitting to talk about that one next. Uh, that would be the nominees for almost MVP are, excuse me, let me find it on the list. This is basically somebody who was sick for like a short amount of time and just couldn't quite finish it out, whether it be for injury or for otherwise just starting to suck. The nominees for this one are uh, Matt Carpenter for just straight up being Barry Bonds for two months. I think that was a, a crazy thing. We were actually talking about him. Like, what if he, he showed up late and he ends up with like 40 fucking home runs? He had like 20 in like a, a month or two. So that was pretty crazy. Clay Holmes, uh, for a long time there, was getting Cy Young votes. We are talking about him being um, Marion Rivera's reincarnated. I'm, I'm going to stop making the case for your guys' people. The other nominees are Edna Rizzo and Mike King, uh, if you guys want to make your, your claims for the other folks. Did I nominate somebody here? I feel like no, this was put I in I didn't late. either. I put in a late entry. Okay, so I, I put these all for, for everybody. So the winner, say, I did mine. Like what before. did you do? I did a Rizzo. My my late entry was also Rizzo, but it was so explain Rizzo. a little more specific. Well, I did Rizzo mostly for the first couple months because um, April he was the show player of the month. Yeah, I mean April he went off. I think he had like nine homers or something like that. But he was really carrying the team for that that stretch. And um, yeah, I mean carry the team for that stretch and then continue to be Anthony Rizzo the rest of the season. So. Three of those home runs came on my uh, late edition, which was Anthony Rizzo on April 26th when he had three home runs. <laughs> that one day MVP. And I'm pretty sure it went up, they went like collectively less than a thousand feet. Like they were all like 315 down the line. I don't know. That doesn't feel right. Would you like to know the winner of the almost MVP award? It's got to be Carpenter, no? Got to believe. It is, in fact, Matt Carpenter with a very wide margin. Second place was Clay Holmes, then King, then Rizzo coming in last place there. Uh, Matt Carpenter, I think this is obvious. If he, if he continued what he was doing for an entire season, he would have won an MVP unanimously over Judge. So uh, congrats to Mr. Matt Carpenter on winning almost MVP. Uh, I also, while I was looking at all this, I remembered what the actual meaning of 161st Boy of the Year was. And I didn't know why Stanton got it last year. It's just the person who wins the most awards throughout this ceremony and takes home the most the most hardware. So we will repurpose that. We'll make one locker room guy of the year. That is Anthony Rizzo. 161st boy of the year will be determined whoever brings home the most hardware at the end of this award show. Um, That's new meaning better. I'll say it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll split it out to two different awards. Uh, next award is Team Cy Young. The nominees for this one are the previous Award winner for this was Garrett Cole. Murph also nominated Garrett Cole again for this award. Mine is Nestor Cortez. Chandler said Wandy Peralta. And then Damon said these are the only answers. So first half, Clay Holmes. So, <laughs> again, because Damon was late to enter his nominees. Uh, make the case for it, Damon. <laughs> I mean, 
uh, kind of the same case that I made for uh, the first <laughs> award for best surprise. <laughs> so I won't go into too much detail, but Clay Holmes was really good the first half. I made my Wandy case, case. and everybody basically shit on Wandy, which is sickening. You know how I feel about it. I'm, I I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know how you can trust in democracy when there's a clear collusion going on behind the scenes. Murph, do you want to make the case for Garrett Cole? Again, like it's either Cole or Nestor. I think. Wandy, I, just, I, I think I it's get, so clear. I get why Wandy's on there. That's fine. That's but not I, a good I, case I to make that, for your nominee. Well, I, I, I mean, just, it's because Nestor, Nestor is somebody. The... I think Nestor is the side. Yeah, I mean, Cole is Cole. The biggest draw for him was that he really did show up in the postseason. And that's why I, I knew he needed to be on this list. I would borderline say that putting Nestor for all four would be just as effective as putting Judge for all four. As it well, that's be. just not true. I mean, I don't really think there's a whole lot of debate. If you're talking about the whole body of work, Nestor. I mean, Cole was great. Just fine. He had a good season. He had a few outliers, and he had a home run problem, which, again, we've talked about it at length. I don't think that Cole's home run problems are necessarily something to be concerned about going forward. It's a little bit of bad luck. I mean, Nestor was every single start outside of like two was six innings, zero to one runs, seven Ks, and maybe a walk. And this was every five days for the entire season. He was an absolute fucking monster. Yeah. I mean, the final stats. That's not a slight of Cole. No, you're right. 4.2 no. war for Nesta Cortez, 2.4 war for Garrett Cole on the year. The ERA for Cole, 3.5 compared to Nesta's 2.44. The only thing Cole really beat him in was strikeouts at 257 versus Nestor's 163. And innings pitched, Cole had more, which is important. Uh, so, Nestor Cortez versus Garrett Cole. Who is it? It is Nestor Cortez by a large, large, large margin. Uh, second place wasn't even Garrett Cole. It was first half Clay Holmes. So, <laughs> really, <laughs> pat wow. yourself on the back there, Damon. I think they just voted for you because it was funny. Um, so congrats for being funny then. Um, Damon, you have a, you have, you have a piece of this hardware then. So congrats <laughs> to Nestor Cortez on being the team Cy Young. No surprises there. Uh, next award. And we're, we're kind of getting to the bottom of this list here. There's a couple awards left who will bring them home. Let's find out next. The next, the next award is the 2023. This is a new award. 2023 breakout bet. Uh, previously, like I said, it's a new award. So nothing, uh, the nominees are, I think this is pretty self-explanatory, uh, Oswald Peraza, Austin Wells, Anthony Volpe, and Ron Marinaccio. This doesn't necessarily need to be a rookie. Um, it could be anybody. It could be, you know, Harrison Bader kind of broke out a little bit already, but, you know, you're expecting this person to go above and beyond what we currently expect for him. So it's kind of your guess at biggest surprise next year, essentially. So uh, I nominated Peraza. I think Peraza, you know, didn't play as much this year as some would have hoped. And hey, Caspin should have brought him up a little bit earlier. Um, I think Peraza is super talented. I think he's going to be up earlier than Volpe. So that's why I choose him over Volpe. I think he's probably, if we don't sign a shortstop, going to be the opening day starting shortstop. Uh, Peraza, that is. So I think that is my pick. And I think I'm going to go with the, the pedigree out of Mr. Peraza. 
I'll make a case for Austin Wells because I feel like Peraza and Volpe and even Marinaccio to a certain extent are all kind of obvious. I mean, Volpe is like our most touted prospect in fucking forever. And Peraza, yeah, we all know about him. I'm gonna I'm gonna I went a little off the wall here. If I had the pick, I probably would have picked Volpe like everybody else. It's like the easiest chalk pick ever. But Wells is sneakily been very 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 good and he if i'm not mistaken he was drafted out of college i think he's yeah, he went to look. arizona yeah, yeah yeah so he's yeah he's 23 he's gonna be 24 next year there's a decent chance that we could see him sooner rather than later i know we have catchers but when you're looking at the money that they're looking at spending you can afford to cut ties with a kyle higashioka you know right or wrong that saves you a few million dollars here or there you could see a guy like austin wells he's slashing 270 388 493 across you know all the way up to double a i think he's a shoe in to start in triple a and he's also got the best mustache in the entire minor leagues and i would argue the entire organization by anybody not whoa okay thank you okay. very much so by anybody not named, but but dude he I don't know. And I, I, I think he could even, if his mustache was a little more seasoned, it, it could even rival Matt. That only comes with being a silver fox. The only What did you say earlier today, Austin, Murph? The only on, knock on Austin. Go for a ride or if you're, ride at if your you're feeling risk. lucky. Ride, yeah, ride at your own risk. Only knock on Austin Wells is I don't know that he stays at catcher. If he stays at well, catcher. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you. And I feel like if anything, it'd be better for him that he, because they're, I'm not sure exactly what his game-to-game landscape looked like in terms of positions, but I've heard talk of him transitioning to first base and maybe corner outfield. I'm not sure if that's well. Here's the thing: is that first base is just taken now. Like I think, I think if Rizzo wasn't re-signed, and there are well, I think if Rizzo wasn't re-signed, that there was a chance that maybe you see Austin Wells like play first at some point in this year. I think he's an injury away from making a debut in New York. I think if Jose Trevino gets hurt in say June and it's, there's a world where you have Trevino and Ben Rodbert and Kyle Higashioka is no longer a Yankee and Trevino goes down for two months, three months, say he breaks an ankle or something enter Austin Wells comes up, does what he's been doing his entire career. And you got to beat out Pete may... Wheeler too. Who the fuck is Pete Wheeler? Oh, that's the, I said backyard baseball. Gotcha. Um, Murph was about to jump through the screen and hit you in the head. No, I was singing. I was singing Pete Wheeler's praises before the, before the show. I was just locked in. I was no, thinking you were like, talking tri- more Dante. Robinson. I was thinking, no, I was talking people. I was, I was thinking triple a roster at first. Cause I was just trying to like work through the landscape. My brain wasn't working. I apologize, but I don't know. I think he's an interesting prospect. I don't know that he's going to get a lot of love because he's not a great defensive catcher, but it's hard when you have a platinum guy there now, but yeah, I, I see. I, I was happy to see his name on here. Cause I, I saw your thought process and I, you know, I agreed with it. Cause I've been itching to see him come up. To me, uh, he's one he of our drafted, most interesting. So. Yeah, to me, he's one of our most interesting prospects. Like, obviously, you Lefty have bat. the head, you have the headliners that everybody knows of, and everybody should know of Austin Wells. It's not like he's a like well kept secret, but I think he, 
at least his bat is a lot closer to the major leagues than people realize. Just oh, yeah. because there's so many flashier people when you look at the Perazas and the Volpes and the Pereiras of the world, you know, it's easy to sweep the guy with the funny mustache under the rug, but I think he's close. I it his would not mustache is MLB ready. I'll tell you that. All right, technical difficulties. Sorry for the cutout there. We were talking about the 2023 breakout bet. Murph was in the middle of talking about uh, Mr. Austin Wells, uh, so want to make a put a button on that conversation. We will get to the winner of the 2023 breakout bet award, Mr. Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember exactly where we were when we cut out, but I think he'll deliver if he finds his path to the big leagues. And I think Volpe has a little bit of a straighter path now that they mentioned that he could be the starting shortstop earlier in the offseason. So, you know, most touted prospect, if he makes it up, I think he's as poised as anybody to have a breakout. I mean, I think Volpe is the clear cut choice for what it's worth. I just thought Wells was an interesting guy who deserved a little bit of respect in this category, especially since we're all nominating different players. I mean, Volpe is if it if it's not Volpe, it's a disappointment. Just put it that way. Yeah, I'm glad he threw Wells in there because he he deserves a little love, and I'd love to see him come up if it happens. Yep. So the winner of the 2023 Breakout Bet Award. Is Anthony Volpe? It's a little bit of a, a chalky pick, but I can I can understand why. Um, he's the highest prospect, highest, highly touted prospect on the team, highest ranked prospect. Um, you know, it was him then Peraza, Marinaccio, Austin Wells only got eleven votes, eleven singular votes, so didn't quite make the case, Chandler. Or Very, people- uh, well educated eleven, though I will say. Yeah, that is a pretty well educated. I just like, I didn't expect him to win. It's just he he's the next closest guy i in my opinion that could be an impact player he's just not flashy like the other guys so aside from that glorious mustache true all right next last two awards of the night we have the what were you thinking award now this is uh previously won by me i i said before or during last season i think it was before last season i said that clint frazier would be a top three left fielder in baseball by the end of the year um, I think a lot of people had that general sentiment that he was going to be a good fielder. Uh, that didn't uh, end up really good. So it's basically cold take of the year. Um, Clint Frazier is, is, doesn't even go by Clint anymore. So Yeah, Clint I, Frazier doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. He doesn't play baseball anymore. So that that's a really, really yes, great. Does. plays in the Mexican League. For okay, so he plays there. Um, only hits 200. My, my next oh, – my, my take oh, – my cold take of the year, my what were you thinking for this year – uh, when we record a podcast for an entire year, there's going to be some some bad takes. And when you try to be entertaining like ourselves, you'll say some things like, I think Gallo has a shot at an MVP dark horse uh, since he will be sandwiched between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton being a lefty in between those two righties. Uh, I mean, he had the opportunity, certainly. I think the uh, I think the methodology was there. I think a year two in the Bronx – Sandwich between two perennial MVP candidates. Uh, he, he had it served up to him on a silver platter. That was my thought process there is that he has insert player here. That player is more productive in the spot that Gallo had over anybody else in, in any other spot situation in the league. Um, so that went horribly wrong. Uh, other takes where Chandler said that 
we were good enough to be the Astros in six uh, that we, we lost in uh, far less than that. So that didn't work out too well for us. He also said that Higgy would have over 25 home runs. Uh, I'm not sure what okay. the final Higgy count there. turned it on, and we also didn't expect this out of Trevino. So Did Higgy have more home up. runs? Sorry. Spring training than the regular season? Can we check? He had so, like seven awesome. in no, spring training. he had 10 in the regular season. So and actually, he, it wasn't that terrible. If he didn't end up with a platoon spot, had Trevino not came in and been the best thing ever, I think he would have done or been damn close. He, yeah, it wouldn't have been that his, cold of a take if he played every I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds when you look at what he did from like the all-star break on. He had a miserable first half of the year, but once he hit that first home run. And that's been his thing forever. He has like all, only multi-home run games, it seems like. like he hits them in bunches, but then has oh, yeah. rest spells. Uh Damon's take was Aaron Hicks is the most important player to have a good year. I don't think that's a bad take, Damon. I, I mean, it's it's correct. Um, it, it's just Aaron Hicks. It just turned out very poorly. That's, that's yeah. why I put it there. <laughs> Murph, this one also not like super incorrect because we just didn't get a chance to see what would happen. But you said that if Judge isn't extended by the deadline that we're gonna and we're in fourth, we would be sellers. I have uh, a better. I have a worse take that I okay. found. I listen to a couple i said that Luis heel was going to be a top three in the rotation come playoff time that's not a terrible that's worse than the judge thing because i still think that would have been true if we were in fourth at the deadline i think if heel had stayed healthy like there's a decent chance that he could have made i mean his ceiling's higher than well, I guess fuck. You're kind of that's the thing. It by, would have been a hot yeah, by Nestor and Sevy and Sevy and who knows? I mean, we didn't know Montas was coming at the deadline, but he wasn't even in there anyway. Like, if he was the three starter going into the playoffs, we would have not gotten to DS. No way. But I mean, his ceiling is higher than Tyone or Montgomery or Montas or any of the like. I I I don't think that's a bad take. I mean, another yeah. I don't. I just also noticed that I'm on the votes right now, and Murph just voted for Volpe for the 2023 break. <laughs> I, kind of just, I was kind of just clicking through because I wanted to see. I thought it was going to show up with like percentages and stuff, but then there were. I have the percentages on my yeah. end. Yeah. I thought it was like I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of clicking. Wells was my submission, so it makes sense that Murph voted for Volpe. Yeah. Um. So I guess we didn't post this one because it takes a lot of like context and stuff like that. So I think among us, I, I I'll hand up. I think mine's probably the worst. So, yeah. I agree yeah, with that. I Drop my phone there. So I think, yeah, Joey Gallo, dark horse MVP <laughs> candidate is not, yeah. uh, not a good, I'm bad. I'm back to back on, on that award. So do you remember when we posted the clip of that and it was bad enough to where we had to like, Reevaluate it. It's like, all right, people are like about to send Luke death threats. <laughs> it was I mean, I'll tell you what brutal. the 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 thought process was there, and I think situationally, like I was saying, if you inserted anybody in the situation that Gallo had, they are going to have the most impact, the the best year of any situation. Like if Bryce Harper was there, he would he would absolutely easily win MVP. Like if anybody, like uh, that's that was the, the point. Funny thing about it is that the guy who you thought was going to set somebody up to win MVP won MVP. Yeah, 
Well, I, I, I also just said that because Judge and Stanton are going to see less pitches. So if you're going to pitch to one person, it's going to be to Gallo, and he's a lefty. So if you're going to bring in somebody with a three-batter minimum rule, it's going to be a righty to face those two righties. So, I mean, the thought process, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll wear this one, but the thought process is not wrong. So, <laughs> obviously, the outcome is not what Gallo would have hoped to. So next year, whoever's hitting in the three holes is going to win MVP. I, I suppose Anthony so. Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo is going to win MVP. Now, honestly, um, that's not that. Like, that's less no, far-fetched than Gallo. Yeah. I feel like if we really went through and listened to every single episode again, we could find some worst takes. The worst. I mean, we talk about the Yankees twice a week, every very week often for yeah. a year. So, you know, and occasionally we have some emotional reactions to things. And same so. with this next award is if you looked back and listened, it's tough for us to go back and find it. So if you, if you think there's any worst takes or better takes that you've heard throughout the year, you guys are the ones that are listening more than we are, honestly. So we, we just, it's hard to remember what we said. So, Take of the year, last award of the night, uh, of the year. I'll I'll start this one out. I mean, last year Chandler won this for saying lasagna. This is before the season started. This is when Chapman was still awesome, and he was one of the better pitchers or relievers in baseball. And Chapman, uh, Chandler said that lasagna is being groomed to be the closer, and he should be the closer. And he had a fantastic year in 2021. So that was a very good take. And he, I think he definitely he be the closer heading into next year, just for what it's worth. Also true. So that's a great take. That one last year, my take this year is I think that Montas will be Sonny Gray 2.0 coming over from Oakland, uh, turning into a pumpkin, not being able to do it on a, in a big stage. I think that was a pretty good take. No, no offense. That wasn't your best take. Your other one that you had written down there about Mr. Judge was the my opinion, okay. it's take of the year. Okay, so I'll, I don't I'll, think that so was my a, take, my take I, I for those that don't have the doc push. in front of them, I will, I'll read the take, Chandler. So <laughs> that should, that take was, uh, I said uh, when Judge had 21 home runs, I said that he would break the Roger Maris home run record. He narrowly did that at the end of the year. So I think that's a pretty damn good take too. But I, I think what you're saying, Chandler, I think in the moment I would have said just about anything. Like he, this exactly. guy's, this guy's pacing to beat Roger Maris' record. So I was like, oh, yeah, he'll do it. But I, I genuinely believed it. I think Judge, if anybody could do it, Judge could maintain that amount of home runs that he's done. He's been close before. He hit over 50 before. So I uh, thought you said that earlier than 21 home runs. But still, I mean, I'm I didn't saying, think there was any way he was going to actually break it at that time. I'm just saying if it's one, like Luke is the most, like, reactive, polarizing, excited, like, Oh, you know, Thank you, Murph. Higgy will hit three home runs and be like, this guy is going to win the home run derby next year. And then he could. Like, I'm not saying well, that's, that's why he thing. that's I'm why he's saying, got best and worst takes of the year because he just throws shit me, at the wall and some, some of it sticks and some of it doesn't. I'm, saying, though, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that your other takes that actually you put thought into and wasn't a reaction one deserve more credit because that it showed your baseball knowledge. More. I appreciate that. And I do think that's why I picked the Montas one because I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall. We've seen that, that song and dance before. Um, I feel like it's a little early though, to say he's sunny gray. He was certainly really looked that way. Him. He was supposed to be our savior as like a, a playoff number two behind Cole. And he certainly was not that other takes this year. Um, Damon said he could beat Stanton in a race. That could be take of the year or what were you thinking? Depends on uh, the beauties in the eye, the beholder there. 
uh, whatever you guys think as the listeners, I think that's, I mean, we haven't done it. So like that, you can't even consider that a take of the year, but um, Damon had an actual take that had merit. And it was that Clay Holmes, this is before the season started. He said, Clay Holmes will be the no- Yankees number two bullpen arm. And for a while there, he was looking like number one on every, on every single team. So I think that's a pretty good take. Uh, he obviously went downhill a little bit and Wandy probably ended up as the number one. I don't, what year Marinacci was probably number two if you want to do an end of year. Um, Luizaga, yeah, Luizaga. After, once Luizaga came back from injury in the summer, he was lights out. But I think the, for the purposes of this take, before the season, Clay Holmes was not the pitcher that we saw for half the year. So it's a pretty it's a pretty good take. Um, yeah, I think other other takes that I had written down. If you guys have any that you can remember that you said. Um, I said Carpenter was going to come up big in, a, in Greg Bird in a Greg Bird-like spot in the Indian series. He didn't do that, um, so that's I, upsetting. The only one I can think of off the top that was somewhat good was when we traded for Bader. I said something along the lines of he will be a big part of the postseason, def- not only defensively but offensively. I figured that's I said take. something along the lines of his battle come up somewhere in the playoffs. I'll take your word for Definitely it. Definitely not to the extent that it did. Yeah, and, uh, all of us, all of us said that Chapman won't be the closer uh, come October on May seventeenth. So I think that that's a very good take because he um, he could not have ended up in a worse spot. So I think we Is that after the Orioles game where he walked in the. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, that was at a time where we, that that was the conversation of like, is Clay Holmes going to be the closer? Everybody was just unanimously saying yes, 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 because he hasn't allowed a run. Um, Chapman had not been pitching well, so that was all of us. And is there any other fiery takes that you want to fire into here for consideration here? The final award of the night. I can't think of anything. I definitely said Donaldson was going to be a big playoff piece. Mm-hmm. It's a good take, point. then. It's a very good take. Damon's been smoking on the reefer a little bit too too much <laughs> before we record the podcasts. Uh, just kidding, he would never. Um, so, if those are the final ones to be sent in here, what do we think is the uh, the winner here? I think Damon's got that one. One I submitted Damon's on behalf of Damon because I was so confident that his would win. I don't agree. Yeah, no, that I, I'm kind of with you on that actually with the Clay Holmes thing because I mean. The only reason he wasn't up there towards the end of the year, a lot of it had to do with injuries, and he was at a point the closer. So to sniff that out preseason when we were talking about Luizaga and Chapman was supposed to still be a person, and whoever else was was supposed to come back was supposed to be a person. It was that was a hot take at the time, and it definitely panned out for the better. Whatever. You win, Damon. Yay! Take of the year, but Damon, I'm not back to back. Oh no, I didn't even win last year either. Um, that is <laughs> that is the 161 awards. Let's go through the count and find out who is the 161st boy of 2022. We have to round it out: Trevino, best surprise, biggest disappointment, Joey Gallo, Sunmeister, Aaron Hicks, Damon, take of the year, uh, Brinks truck is Aaron Judge. Uh, Locker room guy is Anthony Rizzo. No, no uh, duplicates yet. Uh, Silver Fox, Matt Carpenter. Uh, 
Iron Ball yeah, is Harrison MVP. Bader. Judge was MVP. Nestor was Cy Young. Volpe breakout bet and Carpenter was the almost MVP. We have two Carpenters. We have two Judges. Do we have two Nestors? No, we only have one Nestor. So two Carpenters and two Judges. Who do we want to give it to? Should we take a vote here between us four? I think it should be Carpenter because next year when we talk about that, I think it'll be a little bit more of a conversation piece. It'd be I funnier. Gonna, yeah. I would go with Judge because I'm going based off merit, not a funny conversation a year from now. But I think I a funny conversation from a year from now would be hilarious. I outweigh out a funny conversation a year from now. Uh, oh, <laughs> there it is. Coin flip. I did it. Um, don't fact check me on that. It was Matt Carpenter. Congrats to Matt Carpenter on being the 161st boy of the year. Uh, that's just essentially the the biggest accolade anybody can ever achieve. So congrats to him. Um, hope that he's a Yankee next year. Uh, for the conversation for next year, I hope he's kind of not because we'll be like, oh, remember the time when? Or, you know, <laughs> if he's a Yankee and he wins MVP, not an almost MVP, he would be a very good guy. Uh, so that was the 161 Awards. This was a lot of fun. Uh, let us know what you think of them. If there's any awards that you would have done, that we should do next year, let us know. Put it in the suggestion box, also known as our Instagram DMs or our Twitter DMs. And, uh, yeah, had fun. Catch you guys later. We'll get into uh, the same routine. We're recording on Wednesday nights now in the off season, putting these episodes out on Thursdays once a week until the uh, spring training starts to ramp up. And then uh, before we know it, Yankees will be taking the field, hopefully. Hal ponies up and... Uh, Spends that bread and gets us a team that could win a World Series. Uh, yeah. Let's go, Yanks. Let's do it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.